There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsock. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and uh, my voice will be followed by an 
awkward, sad pause where Jennifer Landa currently isn't there. Sad for us, but good for her because she is on a well-deserved vacation. Not just a vacation from Force Center, but, you know, one of those life vacations, right? Indeed, indeed. And it, it's like, this is like an old school version of the Force Center news, but really with Jen, that was the old, old school news and the new school. So anyway, <laughs> she's off today. We're here having a lot of fun. We're going to talk about some uh, Star Wars director news, but also uh, look ahead to Star Wars Celebration, which is, well, just a couple days away. Uh, before we get to all that, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, one of a Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And we've been doing the Ask. You all know the Ask. Uh, it's our segment where we just say, hey, we got some things working on. We would love you to check it out. Joseph, what do we have? We are still focusing on Patreon. If you're interested in becoming a part of our Patreon community, you can go to patreon.com slash center. If we keep doing this ask, I will get the website correct on the first try. <laughs> patreon.com slash center. Uh, we've been talking about these, uh, these goals, some of the new things a lot. So listeners probably know, but we're doing this Indiana Jones in the Perilous podcast on Patreon, building up to the new film Dial of Destiny. We have our first episode out talking about our history History with Indiana Jones got some great comments uh, from patrons on Patreon about how they were first in encountering the adventure of Indiana Jones. Uh, the next episode, analyzing, discussing Raiders of the Lost Ark, is going to be out on May first. So if you want to check that out, check out our Discord, all that stuff. Uh, some rewards. It's all on Patreon. We are building to a goal of $2,000 a month at which level Jennifer Landa is going to do a YouTube series of NPR meets Star Wars, some deep and thoughtful and fun analysis of interesting Star Wars topics from Jennifer. Yes, indeed. I am um, looking forward to that. We're going to hit that goal. I'm looking forward to seeing those. I still occasionally, I, I've listened to that Ben Burt uh, Jedi beat one a few times. It's so go good. back and just yeah, so good. It's so, so good. good. So good. And we are building a really strong thank you to everyone who's been around with us for a long time. Some people coming back and lots and lots of new people. So thank you all so much uh, for joining us and for helping us there on Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I echo what Joseph said there. Uh, we are going to talk about stories and life adventures. I think really uh, many of the adventures are in front of us this week, uh, but doesn't mean we uh, haven't had our moments where life and Star Wars collide, crash, or, uh, you know, enlighten. Where Star Wars enlightens life. That, that, that's a good way to look at it. Anyways. It's been that kind of weekend for me, Joseph. How how was your weekend? It's uh, the the weekend was good. It was busy. Uh, everything's been busy always. <laughs> uh, in particular, you know, we sometimes talk about our life for Star Wars adventures. Like, hey, we're not going to talk necessarily about the the things we we covered for Four Center. <laughs> and this week is like a lot of my Star Wars adventures were well, uh, watching Mando and. Bad Batch on the same night, uh, going through deep emotional upheaval uh, from <laughs> the Bad Batch, uh, doing our great uh, live stream that we did on Friday. All sorts of prep for Star Wars celebration. Uh, my life has been Star Wars adventures this week in almost almost nothing else. Uh, one of the only life adventures that was sort of outside of the direct getting ready for Force Center was uh, I, I helped uh, my wife pick out her Star Wars shirts for celebration because she's got a few uh -huh. and she was really trying to like, do you think, do you think this will be good? And like, uh-huh, it says Star Wars. That's all <laughs> anyone cares about. It's a very warm and welcoming space. So uh, I did that. And then the other thing actually, 
uh, I found a DVD copy of a documentary that uh, Four Center listeners uh, had actually turned me on to. I, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, the same director who who made the the wonderful documentary that that uh, we both really enjoy from the uh, the Star Wars DVD collection back in the day. Uh, I'm spacing on the name of the one we love, the yeah. Imperial one. Empire, Empire of em- Dreams. Empire of Dreams. Yes, Empire yes. of Dreams. It's based on the title. Um, same director made a documentary for i believe the history channel uh my dvd has a big this is for promotional uh, use only don't resell uh but i found it used <laughs> the documentary star wars legacy revealed it's really great it, it is a deep dive into a lot of the big mythic ideas some of the hero's journey stuff but also how star wars you know uh, uh is influenced by and, and in creating new myth lots of great ideas broken down really well and i believe it's from 2007 uh, mm. a, a real trip through time travel. Um, there's mm. some, you know, some scholars. Uh, Newt Gingrich is on it, and I kept waiting for somebody to ask him, like, "Do you know your the namesake of Newt Gunray, and how do you feel about it?" Um, the Joss Whedon is on it. Probably wouldn't be now. Uh, yeah. Kevin Smith. Uh, I love Kevin Smith. He makes at least one joke. Would be like, "I don't, I, I don't think that would be here today." Um, <laughs> So just like Star Wars, the ideas in this documentary are ancient and evergreen in, in some of the details. Uh, maybe a little stuck in their exact moment. That's I, I've never seen that. I've never seen that one. I, I, it's on a list of things to track down myself. Um, if you love Empire Dreams, that's fantastic. It's really but, good. It's really well made. And, and one of my well, I'm not going to spoil it. Peter Jackson says one of my favorite things right right at the end. Oh, oh that's great. Oh, Peter Jackson. Okay. Yeah, yeah but it was, it was great. It was great. Um, other thing I want to say here for, for life for Star Wars Adventures, and then I'm going to pass the talking Mandalorian Beskar hammer to you, Ken. Um, our, our friend of the podcast and our personal friend, Brian E. Ward, uh, finally mm-hmm. launched a YouTube show. He has, uh, I think if you are a an internet <laughs> fan of Star Wars, uh, a fan of Star Wars who spends time on the internet at all, you've seen Brian's work. He's done... Uh, so much great artwork for us, for Star Wars Explained, uh, for Schmoes No over the years in all sorts of different uh, shows. He also has, you know, just viral jokes, uh, Photoshop images that he makes that get passed around. And, and I see people uh, reposting them that I know <laughs> that don't know mm-hmm. Brian and don't know that Brian mm-hmm. made that. And, uh, uh, yeah. So he's got a new YouTube show uh, called Midnight Nass. If you go to YouTube and search for Midnight Nass, it is a great little YouTube tutorial that is also just full of Brian's wit, which which is always present in his work. But it's really fun and really wonderful to, to hear and see the wit uh, from his own unique voice. So glad you brought that up. Uh, Brian's been uh, dreaming of, of doing something like this for a bit. And part of the reason he's just uh, at, at times thankful, I'm sure, but busy doing content, uh, uh, imaging and branding for other people, including us, including some of my personal stuff. Hey, I got some new Team Zoc uh, merch you can get on my YouTube channel. Brian designed that. So I was part of the problem pulling away <laughs> doing this. Uh, but uh, everything you said, I echo. And and you and I, uh, from working with Brian years ago, the the, the, the current Force Center main logo is, is his and that databank brawl, the animated version, was some of the first stuff that Brian did outside of just his, at the time, the old job he has. So 
we go back a ways, but I think you and I just had so many uh, wonderful opportunities to get to know him. Chicago 2019, Anaheim 2022 at Star Celebrations. He's just uh, exactly what you said. He is very funny. He's so quiet. And then, and then I told he was kind of nervous about doing this, uh, you know, his voice. He wasn't comfortable with his voice. And I said, well, you're blessed with a gift. You have one of the most relaxing ASMR ready voices. <laughs> so your video is, is in four quadrants. It's going to relax people, inform people, entertain people, and be about Dexter Jester. So you're going to hit all of them. Um, really happy for it. I'm so glad you highlighted it. It's wonderful. So it, 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 go over there. Do the old Four Center sent me thing, folks. Subscribe to the channel, Midnight Nass. If you love Boss Nass, you'll get a lot of Boss Nass. And uh, if you like your old poof, you'll get some your old poof. It's all there. It's all there. <laughs> and a lot of Dexter Jetster. That first video is about putting Dexter Jetster into individual moments from the current season of Mandalorian. So, hey, that's beautiful to us, as everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what were your adventures? Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> um, a lot going on in life. Lots, uh, everyone out there has got to struggle, so, so ours aren't uh, more than anyone else. But just kind of a, a, a tough weekend around the house, some medical stuff going on, and as well as the you know overwhelming feeling of um, packing up your life and, and heading to another country for the first time for me. Um, that just brings in an extra level of anxiety. It's going to be fine. I'm excited. Can't wait to get there. Alex and Molly Damon are there already sending me back photos. I can't wait. But, you know, any leaving your house for a day in L.A., it causes some overwhelming <laughs> prep stress, right? <laughs> um, so I'm not going to lie. It's a, it, it seems so silly, and it will will be so silly. Like, this is when I was really scared about turning 40, and, and then it was like, oh, that's all? Um, but it doesn't mean anxieties aren't unfounded. So I've just it's just been a weekend of... Um, I just can't wait to wheels are up and I'm heading to Star Wars Celebration. And and some of that, again, you know, you have to go to your Star Wars training, your, your Qui-Gon moments, all that kind of stuff is there. But in the middle of all that, because I need to kind of distract myself um, and, and and try to lose the last couple, one or two pounds before I take a stand-up stage with you, Joseph, there. <laughs> uh, I'm doing a lot of extra cardio. And because of that, I, I, I'm in my bad, uh, not bad batch, my Rebels Season 3 rewatch. And... I'm enjoying the hell out of it, man. And that is, it's as a fan, right? We're not doing any reviews on it yet. We might do one day a Rebels, a Rebels report. Who knows? But like, I'm just watching as a fan. And it's been a bit since I really took that deep dive. Mm -hmm. And like, I forgot, like, I know, yes, I know everything about the Bendu. I don't, I didn't remember how just wonderfully bonkers the Bendu is and all the stuff and how spiritual and the philosophy of it and everything that it leads to. That's great. I love, uh, love that stuff. I just watched the episode. That's the kind of the official uh, unofficial end of the clone wars, right? Where you got Rex and the, and the tactical mm -hmm. droid empire. And that was wonderful. And I, you know, what I kind of forgot was so um, prevalent in that episode. Wasn't just the continuation of the clone wars and the clone Wars series in a way with the, uh, you know, clankers and that, but, but the battle droid humor kind of comes home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's, Great moments. I totally forgot about some of them uh, and how I think I hadn't, until the Clone Wars report, hadn't really followed the humor of the battle droids, the plight of the battle droids, and and loved it, you know, like like you and I do. And to see it present in there, and I just kind of forgot that was there. It's been a wonderful, uh, even after all these Star Wars shows and a wonderful three-hour live stream and all this stress, <laughs> it's so wonderful to be a Star Wars fan and just watch this stuff and enjoy it. It really is. It it really is. I, I'm I'm looking forward to making my action figure list of like, okay, what am I really looking for? <laughs> How many can I truly carry as I finish my packing? Uh, nothing uh, will will ever uh, extinguish that that Star Wars fan flame. I'm so excited about your your Rebels 
rewatch. It's so rewarding. Um, in particular, I, I love the Bendu's arc that I think the Bendu's one of those characters that maybe sometimes we just kind of quote what the Bendu says about the one in the middle and, and yeah. his, his arc is, how'd that work out for you, Bendu? <laughs> right. You know, right. when the fight came to your planet and one side was clearly the aggressor coming mm-hmm. to harm you, you had to make a choice, didn't you? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. You're right. Uh, you, yeah, you're right. We can quote, I'm the Bendu, the one in the middle. Yay, we're so neat. It, yeah. It, I, I saw it all again for the first time uh, and I'm, I'm halfway through the season. I haven't got to the end. So I'm excited. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been awesome. Fun. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get to some Star Wars news here, folks. I think it's a little bit of a calm before the storm, and a storm is coming, Annie. We've got some Star Wars news going to hopefully be exploding out of the Excel Center later in this week, but we are catching up with some Skeleton Crew director rumors. Uh, These were rumors on some sites that were kind of... um, confirmed a little bit later by the Hollywood Reporter. And we'd, uh, we may have touched on one, I cannot remember, but we wanted to catch up for uh, certain. Uh, two weeks ago, it was reported that the Daniels, the directing team of Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, and uh, Oscar winners, by the way, for everything, everywhere, all at once, had directed one episode of the upcoming Star Wars plus Disney show, Skeleton Crew. Uh, this, uh, this had happened, uh, they got this gig uh, before their career exploding film had even been released, and in a statement on Instagram, and I don't know if you even had seen this, Joseph. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can find it. it was a story. There was some pushback from who? I don't know. But from everything, everywhere, one, all at once fans uh, that they had, quote, sold out. That they took a corporate gig. Mm. And the Daniels put a collective statement on their Instagram story that uh, basically, I'm, I'm summarizing here. They, they took the gig because their buddy John Watts asked. They like new tech. They also say they like meeting new people. And they like Star Wars. And then they added this. They needed the hours to keep their medical insurance for the DGA. <laughs> and yeah, and, and it's like, that's a reality there. Um, is is the concept of selling out real? Yeah, I think you can probably find examples throughout all of pop culture and our own history. I, I, I totally get that. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting conversation point. Maybe it's too real for Star Wars, Joseph. But uh, Kei Hui Kwan uh, mentioned that after, you know, Shooting uh, every everything everywhere all at once, a role he'd eventually win the, this wonderful, sweet Oscar. Uh, he lost his medical insurance with with the, with the uh, SAG. So it's a very uh, realistic thing. It, it highlights uh, the difference between the the top one to five percent who make a living uh, off of it, and the other working creatives in this town who don't. So yeah, sometimes you got to take a Star Wars directing gig to get your medical insurance. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I, I do think, yeah, you could probably find examples of, of selling out, but I think almost the way we've, we've examined the word filler of like, hey, maybe it has, you know, some some history, but has it has it grown beyond what it was originally talking about to be this sort of large, amorphous, you know, finger pointing, <laughs> you yeah. know, what does that mean? It, they're They're working directors, you know, even if they got the offer after everything everywhere all at once. Um, why, why might they not want to do this for, uh, keeping (laughs) their insurance, uh, for a practical reason? That's, I don't, I don't think that's selling out, you know, I don't think taking a second job (laughs) to make ends meet, uh, in any field is selling out. Uh, that's called, you know, keeping yourself afloat. You know, look at these guys keeping themselves afloat, uh, but then also just creatively. Yeah. Why, what, I I don't know. I, I think, uh. I think we, we get very consumed about status, right? And and yeah. I know that 
you know, there there are people who are like hardcore indie films fans and, and they don't enjoy Star Wars. They don't enjoy Marvel. And that's fine. Nobody has to enjoy one thing, but but there can be this sort of vitriol that taking mm-hmm. a high profile job, you know, it, 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 it is is bad and not not creative for creative people. And and to me, that's a little bit of the like the going back to our youth of like a, a punk band shouldn't become famous <laughs> by becoming right. famous. They now suck. You know, that that level of like stay in the basement <laughs> uh, yeah. kind of yeah. literally with bands. But, but for me, creatives are like, well, they're probably going to, I think they're going to be okay. Record breaking Oscar wins, mm-hmm. massive new overall deal. I'm sure they're going to make a new film that is entirely their vision. And if they want to creatively for themselves, for any reason, direct eight episodes of law and order, that's their choice as artists. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, well said. Well said. This, this is, uh, you know, maybe outside of a Star Wars conversation, but uh, I, I love seeing the response. And, and again, I don't, I wasn't, none of, I wasn't saying they were selling out. I don't know. But to me, yeah, selling out is if you suddenly woke up out there and you went to the Force Center YouTube channel and all of our videos were red eyed, thumbnail, uh, you know, Disney Star Wars sucks videos. And they would, that would be selling out to me. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you and I would be enjoying more clicks. Uh, but that would be a sellout, not uh, taking uh, what we do and, and, and putting it in other spots or just continuing to do what we do on our channel. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So that's fascinating. But, hey, uh, thoughts on these hip, cool Oscar winners uh, joining the Star Wars family? Uh, you know, we, we we absolutely do not know much about Skeleton Crew still. Uh, but what do you think uh, they they could bring to it or just what's your reaction to the Daniels in Star Wars? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited by it. You know, you kind of ha- you, you look at creators work and see like how much of that is going to translate from their own work to Star Wars or mm-hmm. is Star Wars an opportunity to sort of stretch in different directions? Um, it's great to see the, you know, the Carl Weathers episode had some uh, of this latest season of Mandalorian. It had some action, which he's really known for, right? But it had some other stuff, too. So it's an opportunity yeah. to to both do uh, what's on the tin for the creator, yeah. what they're known for, and to stretch. Uh, I don't know the Daniels work outside of everything, everywhere, all at once, which I watched recently right before the Oscars. Uh, really enjoyed it. I do think that that film shares a real sensibility of Star Wars of there is a love of fun, absurdity, big, exciting, weird action. But all of it, to me, in that film is anchored by extremely real, extremely raw, extremely important emotions. Um, And in the Oscar victory triumph of everything everywhere all at once, I've seen people, uh, like on my Facebook feed, kind of, Finally checking out everything everywhere all at once, a little bit with arms crossed. (laughs) Mm, mm. And having a little bit of that reaction that Star Wars sometimes gets of people challenged by the mixture of the profound and the absurd. Of like, I tried Mm. watching that and they wanted me to take it really seriously as as a family drama, but then also people had hot dog fingers. Doesn't work tonally. Um, Mm. And again, everybody's welcome to their opinion. But to me, like, that's why they're great for Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. drama and hot dog fingers are <laughs> Star Wars. You know, it, the, it's absurd and it's profound at the same time. 
I, that's a great point. And I have not had a chance to, to, to watch the movie. Why? I'm too busy to watch movies. I, I've got to look at Google Maps to find a, a convenience store near my hotel in London to buy <laughs> snacks and beer at. I, I mean, come on. These things I got to do. Um, but no, I, it's something I'm, I'm definitely interested in checking out. And, and I love the description of it. Uh, um, it's funny. I'm now pre-defensive of an Oscar movie uh, based on what you're saying there. I, I want to you know, go debate people on that. But I, I, also, I, I also get it. And sometimes, you know, even for me, little beats here might not seem out of place, but just I think my mind's going a certain way. And then Pelimoto shows up and does something kind of wacky. And I, I, in the moment, I might not know how to adjust, but that, that is truly Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the litmus test for me is always to, you know, go to Return of the Jedi, go to Han Solo tapping 3PO in the shoulder three times. I, I don't know if I would have laughed at that joke as much now as, a, as I did then, but I did then. And it's part of why I love Star Wars. So I'm looking forward to this. Looking forward to them coming to Star Wars. And, and right now, and we'll talk about this a little bit also with the, the, the second half of the story. I'm not worried about what they can continue to do in Star Wars, what they want to do. Are we going to get a Daniel Star Wars movie? I just want to see what they do with this episode. And I think they just wanted to see what they can do with an episode of Star Wars. And I, there's something I like that about that. Absolutely. I think there is just there's a, a sense of joy and a sense of play. And also, like, let's really not sleep on the they like new tech, right? They are yes. uh, young directors experimenting mm-hmm. with what's out there, the tech of the volume and how it is going, assuming that's what they're talking about and how it's going to evolve, adapt, be used by filmmakers. Maybe not everything's going to be shot on the volume, but maybe it's going to really get uh, used as like, it's a tool. This kind of scene looks great on it. So, you know, you can write a film like this where like the majority of it is, is going to be filmed this way. But these three key scenes, we know we can save all this money and make them look great by putting yeah. it on the volume. The fact that they want to explore that is is, I think, um, good for filmmaking, to be perfectly honest, to have mm-hmm. new directors really interested in new tech and how to use it. Uh, absolutely. I love that take as well. Uh, even though sometimes, you know, I've get grumpy with some of the stagecraft. Look, I, I think it's gotten better and better and better as mm-hmm. it should. That's what happens with technology. Heck, I, in, in season three of, of Rebels, the animation was great. Rex's face up close. You see the freckles. You see the marks. You see the scars. It looks it, it looks even better in, mm-hmm. in Bad Batch. And, and I, I, I say that a lot because I need to remind myself about that. <laughs> And have people like this pushing the boundaries uh, and learning new things. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, we're not done with the new names, though. This past week has reported uh, that another up-and-coming director is part of the Skeleton Crew. David Lowry, most known for The Green Knight, is part of the director's crew. Lowry has uh, also has Peter Pan and Wendy coming out on Disney+. Plus. So keeping it in the family, I suppose. Thoughts on this choice? I'll say up top, Joseph. Another movie? Yeah, I guessed it. I haven't seen yet. Uh, I, I infamously, infamously just don't see movies. Grace, Grace will tell you. She thinks I'm boring. I don't watch anything. Um, but thoughts on this choice here and uh, what, uh, what where we're going with this. I'm very happy for all of the Star Wars fans and Force Center listeners who have said they are big fans of the film Green Knight, which I also have not seen. I have not seen a single thing uh, that this director has done. Mm-hmm. Reading up on the Green Knight, that sounds absolutely uh, up my alley, so I can't wait to to check it out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I think the the two directors that have been rumored and I guess confirmed, um, at least by the Daniels at this point, it's it's really intriguing to me. Um, I'm just pivoting like I've been taught as a tour guide. If you're not sure about the answer, pivot to something you do know. Um, 
Uh, and I don't have much to say about David Lowry because I don't know his work. Um, yeah. But I hear, I, but I hear everybody saying the Green Knight is amazing and it's a match for Star Wars, and, and I can't wait to check it out. So that said, I think the Daniels and and David Lowry, who is like you said, he's in the the Disney family. Uh, Green Knight w- w- seems to have been like a absolute critical smash. Um, it's really interesting to see the Mandoverse team, headed mm-hmm. by Favreau in particular. Instead of doing sort of the the stunt casting that they did for particularly the first season of Mandalorian, where they pulled lots of actors from different worlds that you maybe wouldn't expect to see in Star Wars to, to create, you know, interesting dynamics on screen, but also, frankly, coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in maybe, maybe we don't know the full cast outside of Jude Law and children, Um Maybe it's because the cast is mostly children. But it's interesting to me that they're doing a kind of stunt directing, right? Uh, 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 instead mm-hmm. of stunt casting, stunt director yeah. choices of um, real up-and-coming people who are making waves, right? Everything Everywhere All at Once is a is a massive breakthrough hit. But their previous film uh, that I'm also spacing the name on uh, mm-hmm. was also, you know, made a lot of noise in the, in the indie indie circuit. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting to see that there's cast that they're hiring directors for skeleton crew that are definitely like, Hey, come play in the star Wars sandbox. See how it goes. Hmm, you know, maybe it'll lead to another relationship. Maybe it won't, whatever. Um, but they're also very successfully because these directors are known, adored, generating headlines and the exact kind of conversations that we're having now because these directors have a fan base who might check out Star mm-hmm. Wars because of the directors. Yeah, yeah. Echoing everything you say there, including uh, uh, no disrespect to Mr. Lowry. I, I, I just don't know your resume yet. I, I Yes, and I looked it up, but I just went like, mm-hmm, okay, he's made things. Um, <laughs> but I mean that in a good way of, I lo- you know, we've talked about this before, like, you know, Rick from EUA comes in, that's how a larger audience is going to get to know him. Um, in a perfect world, dope would have been the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't know him from that. Deborah Chow, many accomplished, uh, you know, accomplished uh, TV director, everything. Now we know her more. She gets Kenobi. I, I think it's uh, what I'm seeing with the skeleton crew stuff. Uh, you know, got John Watts and Chris Ford leading the show here. And you're, and you're so right. We don't know much about it, but it's, it's like, who can we come in? And we, there's no pressure to go make a movie. There's no pressure to launch a series. If that happens, it happens. Come play here. Come bring your skills to Star Wars. And that's one of the reasons I always say, and you say it too, it's, it's such a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that we had George's vision. I love that we have George in his world. Um, but uh, this is also very uh, fun for me as a Star Wars fan, just to see so many people influenced by it. Uh, and I don't have a quote from David Lowry saying, oh, yeah, I collected Kenner figures. I'm a big fan. Maybe he's just intrigued. Uh, maybe he wants to tell, um, uh, you know, a mythic tale set in this galaxy, just like he did with the Green Knight. Um, I don't know. It's, I, maybe I'm even struggling to find the right words. I'm just excited that we have this. We have this playground um, for wonderful, talented, talented creatives in Star Wars. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, you, you know, maybe we'll know more in the next week or so about uh, where where Lucasfilm is heading in terms of di- new Disney Plus shows, in terms of movies. But I want them to have relationships with people, with creatives, so that they can build towards things and not have some of the bumps that Lucasfilm has had, uh, you know, yeah. attaching uh, directors and then uh, de-attaching them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> uh, are we putting red eyes on thumbnails yet? No, no. Uh, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
if if uh, yeah, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to give it to, to names, but yeah, maybe some names wouldn't have uh, lasted as long on projects if 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 uh, they had a chance to work with them in a, in a, in a quote unquote smaller scale. Yeah, but who knows? I'm not on, I'm not in those meetings. We're not in those meetings. Nope. Um, they're still very little known about Skeleton Crew, as you and I have said, other than uh, Jude Law stars in a series about four kids in the New Republic era lost in the galaxy and trying to find their way home. Will there be pirates? Will there be this? Is Jude Law Laura Santeca? All of that is just rumors <laughs> flapping in the wind. Uh, but one of those four center temperature checks, Joseph, with some of these uh, names on board uh, being confirmed, though not officially, we always will point out. Uh, but Hollywood Reporter is pretty solid. And when, you know, the Daniels go, yeah, we did it for health insurance. I count that as a confirmation of the story. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts, dreams, anticipations for the series right now, especially since we're days away from probably getting some actual official information? Yeah. Well, I'm excited about what we know, and I'm very intrigued by what we don't know, which is mm-hmm. to say um, you, I, I, it's not just, hey, here's another show that's set in the same era, right? To me, I feel like we've we've heard uh, uh, enough uh, dribbles of information that it's part of the Mandoverse. It's part of building out this era of time. It's not just like this is where it happens to be set. I think it's going to be part of building the picture of the story of this era, of the growth of the New Republic in this time where uh, the galaxy has been shattered. It's coming back together. Lots of people with great intentions are pushing towards let's rebuild let's heal let's do things a different way but can are we going to be dragged back into the the same you know uh patterns of behavior that's so apparent in the season of uh the mandalorian um mm-hmm. so i'm really intrigued by what do we not know about it how is it going to fit in with mando with book of boba fett with ahsoka not just storytelling wise or who will cross over but thematically in the picture of this era i also find myself wondering in terms of what we don't know um, it's it's fun now to be so many years out from the premiere of The Mandalorian. Mm. And it was so put across to us of like, hey, a cool guy with no name and a blaster is going to tear up the galaxy. And he does. But I remember hearing you and I heard some some whispers from specific mm. people at mm. Celebration Chicago going, people don't know that they don't know what this is. Yes. And that that big twist that it is absolutely a, a cool badass, you know, taken on the mm-hmm. galaxy. But in service of growth and empathy, it is the coolest mm-hmm. babysitter show <laughs> you've ever yeah. seen, particularly that first season. So a part of me isn't wondering, like, canon secret, you know, kind of thing. But also, but like the shape of the show, if there's something that they haven't told us about the shape of the show that changes what it is. Mm. in that mm. Grogu, in that we didn't know Grogu. We didn't know it was Lone Wolf and Cub. We thought it was just Lone Wolf. Oh, well. Is there <laughs> is there and Cub uh, lurking for Skeleton Crew? Oh, okay, you're also making me flash back to around that time, and I, I was doing a show at the Comedy Store, and I was sitting there watching the show, and someone uh, uh, at the time, Lucasfilm employee, without, did they not say anything? They did not spoil anything? They said exactly what you said uh, in terms of just like, hey, you know, you don't know. You have no idea. And I just remember I had this quiet sense of like, oh, oh, because I had been worried that it was badass gunslinger guy. And I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. So take that energy. And again, I don't know any details, but take that energy to Skeleton Crew. I, I'm kind of intrigued going in knowing that the, if a gunslinger emerges, that's the change of pace, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that you got John Watts, who is 
you know, known probably most now for the, the Spider-Man stuff, or the Marvel stuff, uh, but has done some horror thriller stuff there, emerged from the commercial world. So he's got some modern sensibilities and I tell a story in a fast, uh, cool, hip way. He's got all of that there, but it seems like he's really focusing on that Amblin vibe, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think Star Wars, to have it just to start from that point of this is what we're doing, but it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. It's not a Star Wars kid thing, which is not to talk down at Star Wars kid or young Jedi adventures. Anyone talks bad about nubs in front of me, they're going to deal with me, all right? Uh, I love my nubs already. But um, that this is on a large scale, big reminder, four kids trying to find their way home. What happens after that? Yeah, you're right. We don't know. It could, and I'm not saying it doesn't get dark. It doesn't get scary. It could be all those things. In fact, if I was 11, 12 year old kid, you probably want all that. Right. Um, so I'm just, I'm at a wonderful, I don't know anything point. And mm-hmm. I, can't I can't wait. All that to say, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think that they, they have told us a lot, right. In terms of what, there's the fun mystery of it, uh, but there's the, yeah, they've been really clear about Amblin, Spielbergian, uh, John Watts, like you said, great, great rundown of his career, but most recently coming off of this, this Spider-Man journey that is a real coming of age story yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in stumbling into adulthood and choosing who you want to be. Um, John Watts himself has given some like really great breakdowns of kind of how each of the Spider-Man films uh reflected some of his own anxiety about the film that he was making this time <laughs> as he, as he tried to do right, you know, with the great power comes great responsibility. Um, so that, that first steps into adulthood, classic star Wars story, which we've often got from the perspective of one main character, right? So the idea of starting it with like, it's, it's for uh, Ezra's in one, it's for Luke's in one, you know, with, yeah. with four kids, there is great. The, the Amblin Spielberg to me, what that means is wonder and terror. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's part of what makes some of those, some of the Spielbergian coming of age stories powerful is you get to see through a, a younger person's eyes, the absolute beauty of all the possibilities that are out there for you, but also the fear of becoming an adult. And what if it's awful? <laughs> mm-hmm. What if it's mm-hmm. boring? What are the horrors that come with it? It's it's even there in, in Spielberg's latest film, The Fablements, that's about his own youth where he sees the absolute beauty of the power of film and the absolute danger of the power of the fil- of film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in that. That seems like such a great, such a great mm-hmm. match with the plot that we do know of kids yeah. lost in the galaxy, which has got to be both utterly thrilling and incredibly terrifying which really makes sense to me with the the Amblin angle. And I, I am excited beyond just the Mandoverse of it all. I'm really excited about this being in the New Republic era. Mm-hmm. This is a great time of, of self-discovery and rediscovery for the galaxy and for those emerging in the system. And I think it's a, a great way to tell a coming-of-age story in Star Wars now, uh, that it doesn't need to be um, High Republic's great, all that stuff. You, everyone knows I love the 19 years between Sith and, and New Hope, but like the, that's something exciting. I, I don't know if we haven't spent to me much as much time with the kids during this time yet. And this will be, like you said, four Ezra's in one. Yeah. And, and it'll be great to see like, yeah, if they're, if it's whatever, uh, not entirely defined time, five, seven, mm-hmm. eight, right, three, right. whatever amount of years it is after, you know, and or after Jakku at this point, you know, if these kids are, are young teens, they were children during the Galactic Civil War. And how did that affect them? Did they have parents who were lost, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did some of them come from a planet that wasn't as affected? And, and 
don't understand what the big deal was, you know, uh, mm. to have those youthful perspectives on the galactic civil war and the state of the galaxy now is great. And I do think there's been some world building in the Mandalorian for it of like, Hey, they're, they're having problems with pirates <laughs> in every yes. rim. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that line, the most recent episode about the problems with pirates in the mid rims is suggest like that, that mm-hmm. I have no idea about the Gorian shard rumor. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, you you and I almost run out of against that direct rumor here. So I guess to uh, you know, we now know an end of Gorian Shard. So maybe it's before. But I mean, when Vane went flying off, I went and into another series. <laughs> and uh, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, no, that that's that's very true. I mean, I think yeah, Gorian Shard could be done. Gorian Shard could, you know, he could just need to be watered like a chia pet, and he'll regrow, <laughs> take over the plant life on Navarro. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Um, my last big, uh, just, this is yeah. not a prediction. Uh, it's not even responsible speculation. It's just a hope. It's just a, this would be cool. And if it's not that I will let it go. Uh, yeah. but I would love for one or more of the kids to be force sensitive. Um, because Ooh, I'm with you. Yeah. we haven't been able to sort of, well, the, the Jedi order is, is shattered. We've had storytelling with, uh, like for example, um, Cal Kestis and, and Sarajunda deciding we're not going to go around the galaxy finding mm-hmm. kids and training them. We're not going to bring them up in a war. We're not going to put them at risk Be, when they're too young to decide, <laughs> are mm-hmm. are they okay being put at risk? Right. So that means yeah. kids, kids are coming of age, you know, being, uh, you know, force sensitive, who knows what um, horrible machinations the emperor has going on. Um, Mm. there's some storytelling out there, but not, not a ton. Uh, but some, some teen who slipped through the cracks, who knows, like, I know I'm different and I know there used to be this Jedi thing, but it's, I, you know, yeah. am I, am I look, is he looking, you know, a, a kid in the galaxy wouldn't be like us and be like, ah, I understand I was born in this era. So I should find Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I bet he's got, I bet he's building a school on yeah. this, right? The kid wouldn't know. Um, yeah. How, how does a kid feel about it? How do the other kids feel about it? You know, is it a, is it a part of the, like, you know, if it's Lor Santeca, is that a part of the story? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I also just think that, that uh, we'll see how much Ahsoka deals with it, but they're doing such a great job in this new Republic era of talking about all sorts of different cultures being rebuilt. And we have the hint of that, of, of Luke's rebuilding, mm-hmm. but to see that yeah. from another perspective would be great. I'm really with you on that. I, you know, yes, we have Grogu figuring it all out in this era as well, but I don't think, uh, you know, Grogu hasn't said a word yet. So I, it's, I get his perspective on things, but I don't have it all, the full understanding. But to have uh, exactly what you're describing, someone going, uh, you know, I have this, I don't know what to do with this, and in this era, what does that really mean? It would be for the New Republic era in this modern era storytelling, a good way, a good chance to deal with that. Uh, again, kind of for the first time on this level. Yeah. So, I'm with you. Not a prediction, but a hope, I guess. Yeah, a hope. And like I said, I think that's what responsible speculation is about. If it has nothing to do with anything Force Center, I'm not going to be <laughs> throwing things mm-hmm. at the screen going, they should yeah. have done that. I will engage with what I'm presented with. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, we're going to find out soon enough. I think uh, pretty confident, uh, just the way it's shaping up, that Lucasfilm showcase panel, all that stuff, uh, coming to Star Wars Celebration. And with the series still slated to be 2023, this stuff was shot a while ago. Um, I think uh, we'll get uh, some questions answered here, but maybe more questions indeed, which is part of the fun. All right, that is our look at Star Wars news. We're going to look ahead to Star Wars Celebration after the break, but before we do, we have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us and help the show in the process. Joseph, what do we have? 
We are recommending Battle Scars by Sam Maggs, the continuation of Cal Kestis and uh, Marin's adventures in uh, probably Sarajunda. I don't know. I haven't read the book yet, but uh, a lot of people who have said it's great, and we look forward to discussing it. Yes, download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, stick around. We're going to look ahead to Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023, which is just days away. 
Knapsack, Justice Scrimshaw. Jennifer Landa is, of course, on a well-deserved vacation. And we are going to look ahead to Star Wars Celebration. We are off to London. We'll be there. I've got, uh, you know, I've got my uh, compression socks ready for a long flight. This is really happening. <laughs> uh, we will be there at Star Wars Celebration uh, Europe 2023. And we're going to talk about some of the big things, uh, some of the panels, what to expect, what we're looking forward to, and some information um, updates on where we will be and, and where you can possibly find us. Uh, Joseph, I'm just going to run down some of the big panels, but this is uh, certainly not all of them. So if you've missed one, you want to discuss it, that will be there as well. And also there's some that are just, I mean, there's a, if you're, if you like panels, brace yourself, <laughs> the, the big ones, the small ones, the ones tucked away in the corners that are talking about costumes, Padme. I saw one there's about the legacy of Padme on the prequel kids. Ah, there's a lot of them. You can't be everywhere, <laughs> everything all at once. You can only be uh, one at a time. Uh, so let's take a look. Uh, Lucasfilm Studios Showcase panel is on Friday, April 7th at 11 o'clock, scheduled to go to about 1230. Uh, it's a big 90-minute slot. This is potentially the biggest one. We'll talk more about it. Uh, this could be the movie news. This could be, I, you know, I, I anticipate some Indy 5 stuff. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, that is there. Saturday's the Ahsoka Tano panel or Ahsoka Show panel, I should say. Uh, Saturday, April 8th, 11 to 12 noon, which is more the normal runtime of these big panels and the celebration stage. Uh, so we're anticipating trailers, more information. Who knows there? Um, don't forget, this is the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. And Saturday, 2 to 3, will be 40 years of Return of the Jedi. Uh, Joseph and I can talk uh, our experiences. We've seen some of the past anniversary panels. Phantom Menace, I know Attack of the Clones was a real nice one for you last time, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hasbro and Star Wars, Hasbro has their Star Wars and Indiana Jones panel Saturday, 4 p.m. I think there's growing anticipation for that one from toy collectors. Um, a lot of folks, even in our own Force Center Discord, there's you know, supposed to be over 20 or so announcements on figures. Mm. Kind of exciting stuff. And since the conventions have a lot, the Star Wars conventions at least have a lot to do with toys, I think that'll be a big one there. A lot of stuff will be probably on display on the uh, showroom floor. Clone Wars 15th anniversary panel, Saturday, 5.30 to 6.30. Uh, Felonian team will be there celebrating that. Who knows? Clone Wars Season 8? Well, uh, we'll <laughs> I look back at the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30. And yes, there's an anticipation of, hey, could this be a great time to announce it? We'll talk about that. Bad Batch panel is Monday, 11 to 12. Hey, you know, well, we, Joseph and I have already owned it. We, we were bracing for impact that maybe there'd only be two seasons of the show. But if, you know, if you follow the story out, I think we got a third season. I think mm-hmm. that's this would be a good place to talk about it. And finally, one of the big ones, uh, Celebration Stage, Visions Volume 2, Monday, 1 to 2 p.m. Uh, Disney Lucasfilm, really excited about Visions and Volume 2 and a lot of different creators from all over the world. It makes sense um, to show up in London, a city that uh, has a lot of different folks from a lot of different parts of the world there uh, pretty normally. So uh, that's uh, there's a lot of excitement for that panel as well. All right, Joseph, I've done my rundown, maybe even left <laughs> some up. Uh, what are we most looking forward to uh, start uh, there on these panels? Yeah, I think the only kind of uh, bigger one that you didn't list is the, the look back at the villains of the sequel trilogy, which I, I don't expect oh, to boy. be like packed full of news, but what a stage full of humans, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Uh, with uh, Ian McDermott and uh, and Phasma herself, uh, Gwendolyn Christine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, and Andy Circus, yeah. So that, yeah, yeah. I don't and, think and any. We- yeah, I, I don't think anything uh, anything new is uh, news wise is coming flying out of that. But I think uh, I think that the- one's full yeah. of personality. 
the news would be if Adam Driver actually, you know, showed up to a convention, which I don't, I don't say with shade. I get it. He's, he's like, I ain't here for this. <laughs> he's been like that from the beginning. So I'm not expecting him there. Uh, it would be fascinating. Uh, I would love to hear two hours of him talking about Kylo and Ben Solo. I, I, I fascinating stuff, but anyways. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And who knows, you know, Ian McDermott might have another quote worthy moment in this panel, maybe turn into a, a great t-shirt for Brian Ward. Um, uh, he always does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. So yeah, anything, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try to get to as many of these as we can as force center, uh, pundits, but, uh, as a fan, uh, as, as a person who's lived with star Wars for a long time, Justin, where does your heart go? <laughs> uh, well, after, uh, the conclusion of, uh, bad batch season two, uh, the, the bad batch season three announcement, just having that confirmed is something that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really hopeful for. Um, uh, honestly, if the Bad Batch panel was just going to be a kind of like, we did it and it was great, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> it's going to kind of yeah. break my heart a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm even more jazzed for that to see uh, what will be announced. Uh, we're going to talk about what we're expecting news-wise, but I am really just looking forward to that Lucasfilm Studio showcase because it is like the, the kickoff, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that vibe, and that's usually where the biggest news is, is going to come from. So there's the let's just get, get this out of the way, right? Of yeah, the, yeah. The, the shape of, is this a big news event weekend will be shaped pretty quickly. And also it's an interesting time for Lucasfilm and for Disney. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see kind of what what's the shape of Lucasfilm looking like. They've got Indiana Jones coming out. They announced they're not moving forward with the Willow season two. So is it a little bit back to basis, basics? Is it a little bit back to Star Wars? The shape mm-hmm. of that I'm really interested in. As a fan, I'm, I'm so excited for the Obi-Wan panel because I really don't care if it is just Hayden and Ewan repeating stories that I've heard before. <laughs> yes, um, right. Totally. Totally. I want to celebrate that show. Uh, the Some of the, the bumps in it have been, you know, much discussed. Uh, but I think for me, some of the, the bumps have overshadowed so much that is absolutely wonderful and amazing about that show, including the character of Riva and the possibilities mm. with the character Riva's ongoing story. Um, so I'm just really excited for the, for the Obi-Wan panel, even if it's nothing but just being in a room full of people who, you know, are, are willing to let the bad snow speeder <laughs> CGI go <laughs> and embrace the rest of the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited for that as well. Uh, I, I think your thoughts on the showcase panel. Of course, it makes sense. It's it's the the big one now uh, to lead it off. Um, but that wasn't always the case prior to Anna. I don't remember Chicago having. It seemed to be it was more episode nine, right? Yeah, right? yeah, more specific. So it's kind of fun to see it here now and have it just be uh, you know go beyond the walls of Star Wars potentially. Uh, last time out, we had the Willow stuff. Uh, that's a little sad and depressing right now for Willow fans, but. Uh, your idea uh, that it let's just kind of rip the bandaid off or let's just open up the prize package and this will set the tone for the convention in a way. I, I, I definitely don't think you're wrong there and I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I recently described like the door opening on who, you know, who's going to save Grogu uh, Ray going up to the mirror cave and who are we going to get an answer? Those, that kind of energy is what I have. and will take into that panel with me where I'm like, okay, forget all the, hullabaloo and all the rumors we are either going to find out or we are not going to find out. And I, I'm kind of excited about that. It's, it's like a little drama central to the panel. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, we're going to have our little press hats on and we're going to have our <laughs> our physical pencils to our notepads and we'll be scribbling down for the news, the news, the hot, fresh news. Um, yeah. But yeah. also, those panels are always fun. They are going to, like, uh, I struggle to think about exactly what they might have left to reveal or, or hype us on indie, but they're going to, half of it might just be hyping us on indie, you know? Yeah. The indie of it all, I, I, I'm super excited. Uh, of course, uh, shout out to our Patreon exclusive podcast right now, Indiana Jones, the perilous podcast. Uh, I'm excited for Dial of Destiny. Uh, I, I want to see a, 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 a longer trailer. Will Harrison come out? I don't know. I, I don't know. Can you get him to London these days? I don't know. Um, but just knowing more and feeling the, feeling the vibe. That's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always charming. It's always charming. Uh, looking at the, um, you know, what kind of what are we expecting news-wise? Looking at the Ahsoka uh, panel, obviously we got a tease last time out. So we're, we're ready for a, a full trailer. I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident that's going to happen there. Um, what do what you, what's your expectation of not just that panel, but a trailer, any hopes, dreams, all that kind of stuff? Uh, for that panel, what it might say about the show for Ahsoka in particular, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think, uh, Chopper back on stage, <laughs> uh, yep, yep. like they had before. Big thing, I think, is is footage. I think that there is a very good chance that they will show a trailer that is then immediately released to public, the public, and that might be one of the big pieces of news of mm. uh, of the weekend. Um, I also think that then there's maybe the chance of that there's something extra for the people in the room, either a behind the scenes or an extended trailer with, you know, one or two things. Um, mm. tra- trailer footage, regardless, I, I really expect whether it is just in the room and released later or released immediately. I also mm. kind of think that maybe some confirmations. Um, yes, 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 yes. I think there is a possibility that Ezra or Thrawn, the actor of, walks out on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fun. And there kind might be an some act. sort of clarification. I think since it is it is already clear that yes, it's Ahsoka's story and it is called Ahsoka, but it is also clearly continuing the story of Rebels. So maybe getting a little bit of perspective from Filoni, because uh, like I know there have been in the past some some Rebels fans who are like. Well, why is it called Ahsoka if it is Rebels season five? You know, um, yeah. so so maybe hearing a little bit of his perspective of threading that needle and why is it called Ahsoka? You know, or or does he reveal actually it's called Ahsoka and the Rebels? <laughs> you know, right, right. Your your minds, uh, our minds went to the same spot of just kind of, you know, I don't know how detailed a clarification I would want or need, but just that. Hey, number yeah, number one, it, it, it she's still in the spotlight, or yeah, maybe she isn't. Or hey, if you're worried uh, that it's Rebels 2.0 and you wanted an animated version, which I've seen that that thought mm-hmm. out there, right? Which which makes sense. Um, I think maybe even at times I might have thought that. Um, hey, don't don't worry, we got you covered, right? Um, he might. I think it's going to be an example where, where, where Filoni, and I'm definitely looking at him. And I obviously know there's others involved in the show. We're going to hear from them, including directors and writers, and whatnot. But like, you know, Ahsoka's you know, obviously super, super, super close to his heart, but just saying like, he'll, he'll probably say something to soothe fans anxieties on. It's a different performer doing this character or this or that. I don't know how many people will listen. Cause a lot of times I don't think they do listen to some of the stuff. Uh, he says, if that makes sense, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he sometimes gives an answer and everyone's like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But you're just wedging Zeb into it. And, and, and I, I just don't think that's fair. So maybe he'll, he'll address that kind of stuff in, in a way. And, 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 um, 
for those who are super excited that they'll they'll get that vibe that, all right, cool. Yeah, we're going to see some familiar characters. It's still focused on Ahsoka, or maybe it's not. So clarification, which isn't exciting. That's not exciting for a panel. Let yeah. me clarify that. But it yeah. does work. I think we need it as fans. Yeah, and, and to me, you know what? I don't even, I don't even, I know I'm kind of describing it as clarification, but I don't think I mean mm-hmm. it as clarification because I, I, I do think that creators, especially with something like Star Wars, should, should you know, be aware of what fans are feeling and, and, and be somewhat responsive to it. But also like, it's not his job to go out and, and say, you decided in your mind what you wanted it to be. And so to me, it isn't necessarily about clarifications. It's about um, uh, uh, understanding where they're coming from. And, and I think mm-hmm. like, there's some things that Favreau has said that I feel like if people heard and listened to, it would mm-hmm. it would tell you what you need to know, and he, you know, saying like he, like he said on panels that both has kind of Mando season two point five, right? He said that yeah. in a panel or an interview, and I think if everybody had listened to that and believed that, Boba Fett would have been uh, the book of Boba Fett would have been an easier uh, pill to swallow. Um, mm-hmm. I think he said a lot recently of like now that we've moved forward with Mando, we can we can tell you the truth. The first season was a slow introduction to this world to make sure that we could expand out what the plan already was to expand always to expand. Filoni keeps saying every panel lately, hey, I think that the reason that people love Star Wars or one of the reasons that fans love it is that it's interconnected. So they love it when uh, mm. characters cross over and pop up. Mm. So for me, it's almost like uh, uh, guideposts. Uh, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Of like, I think the creators say, share honestly their perspectives. It's not about... Mm-hmm fixing anything it's just them playing fair putting their cards on the table of this is what i want to do with this show and Mm -hmm. i think it's really helpful for us to listen to them because then we don't spiral off into but this is what i want when they've kind of to me uh, i i I go to even like the rise of skywalker trailer when it is literally luke saying (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. we've taught you everything we know a thousand you know generations live in you but this is your fight when luke Mm -hmm in the trailer said, but this is your fight. I never entertained any, any idea that the force ghosts of Luke and Anakin were going to show up and <laughs> win the day because Kick ass. Yeah. Luke said it real, real clear, you know? Um, so for me, I, I like listening to those guideposts and I'm really interested to see what kind of guideposts that Filoni might say that uh, might shape um, perspectives yeah. for Ahsoka going in. Yeah, I, I, you know, we're in the same pace. I, I play same place. I think you can throw in guideposts, uh, comforting uh, information, <laughs> clarification. Throw all of it into a bag, and it all kind of works for me. And everything you're saying, I, I really agree with it. Yeah, not to harp on again. We mentioned this recently, I think, on the Manda report. Like, you know, going going back to preseason one, there's a headline that came out of of Mando will show you how the first order formed. That 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 was not what John said. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll show you the conditions in which something like the First Order returning can happen. Now, flash forward to the season. We're getting, there's some direct, I think, not connections, but, you know, point, uh, you know, uh, uh, signs on the on the hiking path saying this way towards <laughs> darkness. And, and it, you know, you and I didn't mention it, but, you know, I know in the, Carson uh, Tiva's uh, speaking and uh, and uh, first uh, Kylo's theme or something, note or two plays behind it. I've seen a lot of people say that mm. um, to me still does not mean it just means it's like, hey, if you don't do something now, this could lead to other things. And then the music goes possibly something like this, but it's not a connection. But we get maybe sometimes outside of, uh, as fans get ahead of ourselves, uh, trip over our own feet, 
Um, because yeah, that would be fun, but it's just the spirit of it. And, and, and I think in that Dave way, cause Dave hates giving away stuff in panels. He doesn't he, want, he wishes yeah. he didn't have these panels. He, he likes being them. cheeky. Yeah. He's so cheeky. He's got that cheeky grin he wears. And I, and I, <laughs> love, and I love it. Cause I'm with him. I don't want a, a, a syllabus handed out. Here's what to expect. Um, but it's possible. Anyways, I, I, I yeah, you and I, uh, yeah, I, I think, th- think people get it, but I'm, I'm extra excited for this panel more than I would have thought even a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I think there's so much stuff swirling around the show and we might know. I, I think this is the real kickoff, right? They had the Mandoverse panel uh, last year and it, and it touched on Ahsoka and it really drove the point home of like, it's part of the same storytelling, but this is, you know, this mm-hmm. is, I think the launch of the campaign for the show when I think there's going to yeah. be some exciting stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, any other panels that you want to talk about too? Speculations, dream surprises. I forgot to mention the Andor panel. So look back there. We already know this is yes. season two. Imagine there'll be some stuff there. I apologize, folks. There's a lot of panels there. <laughs> Anything on your list there, Jason? Yeah, in, in in big picture, we talked about what we we're expecting from Ahsoka, but for news-wise, I'm keeping my expectations small and reasonable. I think that skeleton crew news, uh, since it's well shot, I think that Lucasfilm panel could have a skeleton crew trailer. There could be a big chunk of that 90 minutes that's about skeleton crew mm-hmm. and kind yeah. of revealing what it is up to a point. Um, I do think Bad Batch Season 3 is, is a good chance for an announcement. I think... Uh, Tales of the Jedi season two is a good chance for an announcement. Uh, I think updates, uh, maybe a behind the scenes on Andor season two, maybe uh, a, a teeny tiny acolyte teaser. But I think there is a lot that's already on the horizon that we're mostly going to be getting a little bit more about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think on the not wild spec speculation, but maybe, maybe. A, a new Disney Plus show that's down the road that's like almost nothing but a title. Mm-hmm. Maybe a movie announcement. And, and I think there is a, a long shot hope of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi season two. And if there is a long shot hope of Obi-Wan Kenobi season two, I feel like that might be part of the Lucasfilm panel. And then they're able to talk about it on the look back. But I don't know if it would be announced on the look back. I really agree with you on that. I, I and I, I know it, it seems to make sense, but that in terms of news cycle announcement splash, you, you want most of it to come out of the showcase panel. Uh, uh, the Bad Batch one can make sense, and I, I don't mean that to sound like animation is less than. Please don't take it as that. But that's Monday, eleven a.m. local time. The the Kenobi panel, the one thirty one. Those aren't the news slots. Um, doesn't mean it won't be. Doesn't mean it won't be. But those, I, I, I you had said that off air, and I, I, I want to. Uh, put my chips on the roulette table right <laughs> because I, I I think if you're going to do it, that's a, you, you want the splashes. You want as many splashes as you can get out of that first one. Yeah. Yeah. No, you want it to be an overwhelming excitement uh, on Friday going into the weekend. And, and then, uh, you know, and then Ahsoka landing on Saturday trailer possibly. Um, so those are my reasonable to slightly hopeful. Uh, and then I have some, some wild ones too, but I want to hear what you think. Wild ones, wild ones. Uh, overall. Yeah. Just, uh, um, I really think they're going to do the heavy hitting there that Lucasfilm Studio Showcase panel. And, and in terms of movie news and speculations or dream surprises, just to, you know, if the rumors are true, then make, let's make them true that they have uh, a graphic with here's what we got going forward or here's what we're actually doing. Um, I, I, I do agree that, you know, it hasn't, 
I mean, it, it's, it's not even a matter of whether they agree or not. It, it hasn't been perfect on the movie side, going back to even the, the early days in, in 2015 with the Trank stuff and all that stuff. So, so there's a chance to maybe put a good foot forward. I, I don't necessarily think uh, anyone's job security is tied to that, uh, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think it's important. So I'm, I'm just excited to, to be there for that. And um, movies will always be important to Star Wars. We're just in a weird, wonderful era where we have a lot of content that doesn't need to be on the big screen. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't want it. So I'm looking forward to that. As far as the other stuff, uh, I won't be in attendance for the Hasbro Star Wars Indiana Jones panel. But as much as I've kind of slowed down on collecting Star Wars, I think I'm about to ramp up on collecting <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, I need to get my hand on some of those uh, those retro figures. The uh, mm-hmm. the larger Professor Jones. The pull is strong. The pull is strong. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Yeah, we will be on the Star Wars Explained panel at the time of the Hasbro panel, so we won't be able to be there uh sadly but i'm looking forward to the news uh do you want to hear my my totally wild uh borderline disconnected from reality (laughs) absolutely i've got 11 hours on a flight i want to i want to dream about these wild speculations that you got uh the there's an announcement of you know a new film which i i would absolutely love i don't want them to announce it until it's solid so if it's solid Mm -hmm. and they can announce a title and a director great i would love that Mm -hmm. in the meantime wouldn't it be great if they re- announced a 3D re-release of all the saga films in the theater? Oh, all 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 uh, all nine? Yeah, like like Lucas oh, was going to do. He did the yeah. you know Phantom Menace, and then it and then they're like, Ooh, let's not do that. I I have mm. no idea. You know, I don't. I'm not like this would for sure be great, but do great financially. But mm. but 3D oh. is a thing these days. A chance to go see Star Wars on the big screen. Absolutely, let's do it. Yeah, it's yeah, and I I went to my first uh four. I don't even remember now what it is. They all sound like various off road biking things. The thing where the the chair shakes on you, uh, the oh, MXK four X D D X Y Z um experience. Uh, I saw the Scream movie and it shook every time somebody got stabbed, which was fun. Um, <laughs> and it also did uh, yeah. shake quite violently when somebody got tased in in uh in the gentleman parts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be that in it uh that one was weird uh but the rest of it was quite fun i would love to actually go see it in 3d and have the chair swoop around with the with the falcon that'd be great uh i love that yeah no could you imagine going into the uh, into the death star trench run in uh well Aww. new hope I'm, I'm thinking in, in in return of the jedi right yeah um, shake it in there explosions lando screaming yeah that'd be oh my 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 butt rattling in a chair i'd love that <laughs> I want my butt to rattle when Dexter pulls up his pants. I, I want it all. I want it all. Uh, That's great. My other wild speculation, physical disc releases of the Disney Plus shows. That's, that is honestly one of the things that would thrill me as a, as a fan. Um, Look, Iger's got that quote out there that makes you think that they're, let's not forget the the DVDs, well, Blu-rays and whatnot, but you know, let's not forget the VHS tapes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think that um, I, I don't know. I don't know the economy now. I don't know if it is a, a huge risk or if it is all about we didn't, we don't, we want to drive them to streaming. Paramount Plus does it for for Star Trek. Um, the the various versions of Warner Brothers has done it for some of their superhero shows like Titans in, in Doom Patrol. I just feel at this point like so many of us are not going to cancel our Disney Plus uh, subscriptions, right. but we'd we'd probably buy a real nice set of the Mandalorian of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's Mm -hmm. the people who are just like, they're never going to be, 
they're never going to be regular streamers, but maybe they want to see this one show. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the, you know, a cynical, uh, dark corporate side, let's, how do we get them to spend their money twice? Let's, let's release the, the physical editions. You could look at it that way, but guess what? I'd be there, especially yep. if I go down to Best Buy and I pick up the Obi-Wan Kenobi series with the special robe edition that comes in a little robe wrapped around <laughs> Blu-rays, you know, 60 bucks price to go. I'm there. You know, it's like, yeah, I get, I, 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 I you can be cynical about it, but it is what it is. And, and, um, it's probably a smart move and and also be probably be celebrated there's a lot of folks you know how many you know all the stuff going on warner brothers hbo max and shows being cut and never seen again and you know mm-hmm. out of the conversation so you know uncle bob's got you know he had to put the hatchet on seven thousand jobs what if he you know does this you know is it a little bit of a sleight of hand maybe but you know be good news anyways i, I don't want to get too excited because now you got me excited that I, I don't necessarily think this is going to happen but i want it to so oh no these are under wild fever dream not mm-hmm. most likely not going to happen. Yeah, I mean the the, the Obi Wan Kenobi four uh, K set that comes with a little bit of a uh, space whale meat. <laughs> yeah, Yopi, Yopi, beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. Uh, here's my last one: utter fantasy. Uh, one off animated films. Maybe that's not as much of a fantasy because I know that's something that a lot of people are excited about. Maybe mm-hmm. Tales of the Jedi has has opened the door to that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the one off animated film I want is. I would like them to say, like, we're not necessarily doing a series. We're doing a one-off. It's an animated film. It is a Jedi adventure with uh, Luke, Ben Solo, and Han, voiced by Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Adam mm-hmm. Driver. So maybe not on screen, but but we could get uh, Luke and Han together. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. You see, you're pitching things that are too good. <laughs> you asked me for like dreams. I, I think I'm, I think there's a part of me that like, I, I'm, I'm enjoying covering all of the news and the sort of the very real world. Will this director do this? Is this a good business yeah, yeah, idea? Yeah. But there's a part of me when you put, when you put this, this uh, question here of dream surprises that maybe just want to burrow into my nerd heart and go, yeah, probably no relationship to reality uh, financially mm-hmm. <laughs> or business wise. Yeah. But what do I want as a fan? Yeah. And these are some of the things that came out. You've done a better job than answering my own question here. Yeah, no. I mean, I, you know, does George come out and say he's going to direct an episode of Mandalorian season four? Yeah, great. No, you know, I, I, yeah. Um, but what you're also talking about is practical as well. Like these are things that could could happen. I mean, look, I'm, I'm still lost on the Kenobi robe edition. I remember going to Best Buy and, and you know, you had the Northern exposure, exposure seasons wrapped in, uh, you know, orange jackets. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of joy around that. There, no, I, I know, I, I'm with you on all that. Um, oh, that's good. And and I, my big speculation might be that that we get some announcements on movies, but that one, whether it's some of the ones that have been talked about or not, that one is a little bit more in place, not in terms of footage or anything like that, but some names and faces can come on out, and and that'd be a great, exciting thing. But we'll see, we'll see mm-hmm. on that. There we go. Uh, let's look at some other stuff there. We can come back to panels if we need to, because there's a lot, and we'll talk about the one that we're going to be on it. Exhibitors. Uh, we uh, mentioned this on the live stream on, on Friday, thanks to those who watched. There is uh, listed uh, less names than, say, Anaheim, and I've seen that discussed in the Force Center Discord of, ah, that's kind of a bummer. I, I, number one, yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, there's probably some logistics, um, space-wise, also travel-wise. But man, man, don't worry about it. If you're this is your first convention, um, 94 to 100 vendors, you're going to have plenty of fun. 
uh, looking at things and actually in a weird way, frees you up to maybe go to more of a panel um, during a certain day. Cause uh, you know, Joseph and I will tell you, and Joseph, you can back me up here. Like it can sometimes, you know, I remember Chicago going, have we been, we haven't, Oh my God, we haven't been to this section yet. Mm-hmm. Hadn't been there for three days and turned around. Oh, there's the millennium Falcon. Uh, you know, that's that kind of stuff was happening. And, and, and I, and, and, I, you're going to have plenty to do it. I think this is great. So anything, anything that you're excited about or, you know, share your experiences with the, the convention floor. Yeah. I hadn't really uh, heard uh, people discussing that there were fewer. You had mentioned that, that there. So, so I did, I did look and I thought that Anaheim was great, but there were fewer action figure stalls, which obviously is my bias mm-hmm. and the thing that I'm most excited about even than Chicago. Um, and I do think it is about, location i think you know the coasts get real uh real hunters for action figures you know so i think kind of being in the in the midwest maybe of chicago some dealers who are are not who are a little bit frankly have more variety in their stock you know Mm -hmm. were able to come out so like chicago was for me like the best action figure experience with like an overwhelming number of stalls and options um Mm -hmm. and then anaheim was great but a little bit down from that and uh, so I went through and I counted, Ken. I have identified eight dealers most likely selling action figures that I can afford. <laughs> that are not Wonderful. just like, we're only selling, you know, the best Ben Luke with different hair for, you know, $80 million. Um, yeah. So I counted eight dealers. So that's that's plenty. That's great for me. And looking through it, it is. It's got everything. There's, you know, jewelry. There's Funko Pop. There's tops there's general uh vintage and collectible there's that whole uh tattoo pavilion that i'm strangely tempted by uh to get my (laughs) uh jedi order tattoo um there's there's a lot going on so you know even if it's smaller you get to spend more time in each booth rather than feeling utterly overwhelmed by how can i make it to all of these Uh, that's a great way to look at it kind of break it down and focus on what you want uh yeah, there's uh, a lot to check out. I'm always going to take a swing to the art, to the apparel, mm. find me a new cool hat. But uh, I, you know, I don't have, I, I don't have, a, I've never been one to travel with a little extra space to bring stuff back. So it's not going to be any different for uh, traveling to to London. So I'll be looking for little tiny things. And I, I, I'm focusing on uh, last year was the Emperor's Royal Guard, which you helped make my dreams come true with that mm-hmm. classic tenor. I don't need it on card. I don't need to spend a you know a couple hundred bucks. I don't need to sell a stock in Apple to afford to buy any figures. Uh, I'm I'm looking for a, a um, classic Kenner loose uh, Leia to go mm. with my classic Kenner loose loose Han. Um, Are you gotta, going Hoth Leia? You know, at this point, I'll see what I can find or afford. But I do have I do have cla- I do have New Hope Han, so you you might need to find mm. classic, Leia, which could be hard. And I'm just I'm talking. I don't care if there's a little. Ship on the ear, you know, I just need it on the shelf. That's my mm. goal. Mm. Okay. Well, you know, now, now, now my, uh, now I'm perked up. <laughs> <laughs> now I got a mission. Yeah. Um, th- that's great. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for, um, there's a couple specific figures I always like looking for. Um, probably going to be way out of my ballpark, but I really want that uh, Jocasta new. Uh, she was a limited edition. I can't remember oh, where, yeah. but uh, so great. Uh, the Jedi Temple Guard that they put out from the Rebels lines, which is also bonkers expensive. Um, there's a there's an edition of a three and three quarter inch uh, Mace Windu that comes with Jango's helmet <laughs> as yes, an accessory. Yes. <laughs> accessory, yes. Um, 
I, I hope that there is a good selection of just some of the lines that are that are bonkers, like the 30th anniversary, uh, frankly, Attack the Clones. I, I didn't collect a lot of Attack the Clones. I want a Dexter Jetster. You know, I want a, a, um, Wada with a hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have like some like big, uh, you know, figures that I would love to see. Probably can't even afford if I see them like Joe Costa knew. Uh, mm-hmm. But then also just... Uh, a handful of beautiful weirdos that might fit in my suitcase. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, figure merch wants. We've talked about that, but I, I we needed floor beer dreams. Like even as we're recording this episode, I've been on the celebration app to try to confirm whether or not there's going to be floor beers available. I don't know because it's not necessarily the case at every. Ooh, yeah, well, I hope so. That that'd be a weird experience if if there's not. I will have to mime it if there's not, and just uh... yeah. <laughs> this doesn't just suggest that Joseph and I need to uh, get drunk to enjoy conventions. It's just there's something just if if you drink and 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 many of you don't, we understand that. But there's just something so relaxing of just sipping sipping a cold one. And for me, I get a rum and a diet coke, and 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 uh, you just walk the floor and take it all in because it kind of forces you to slow down when you're just sipping. And yeah. Well, and just for me, that that combination of like uh, strolling around with friends with a, a, a beer in my hand and looking at action figures, it's just, it's mm-hmm. my personal heaven. So, um, yeah, you know what? I, I really hope that there's beer. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I hope that there's just absolutely basic UK beers, the kind of <laughs> beers mm-hmm. that people who live there be like, yeah, you, you can get that anywhere. But I want to have the full British experience. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm mm-hmm. drinking British beers. Love it. Love it. And what I also love, too, is we're all, uh, you know, at these conventions, very fortunate to be uh, approached and, and stopped by wonderful listeners who want to take a photo or have a moment with us. And what I love is seeing the amount of photos you or I are in with our hands concealed because we're usually holding some sort of drink. <laughs> uh, a beer and a toy and, and not many hands free. Yeah. Love it, love it there. Let's talk about four center appearances here as we look ahead to Star Wars Celebration 2023. Uh, on Saturday, April 8th, 3.30 as the time, we will be appearing on the Star Wars Explained panel with Alex and Molly. We were, uh, did, did that in Anaheim. It was a ton of fun. Kind of the same vibe, talking about the news of the convention so far. So we'll have the, the showcase and the Ahsoka panels uh, behind us at that point. So plenty to talk about as we did last time. And I'm sure they'll do Q&As from the audience. Um, a lot of fun. Always fun to hang out with them. They're already there. I'm getting texts back from uh, Alex in pubs with pictures of a drunk Biggs dark lighter, lighter figure. Um, <laughs> he's starting to post them online too. It's hilarious. Um, so we'll be settling in and joining them. Uh, not only just enjoy them as, as friends, but their their panels uh, are always great and set the just a good. They've set a good tone. The kind of conversation. So uh, any thoughts uh, on that panel, Joseph, uh, on Saturday? No, I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited to do it. Uh, Alex and Molly are obviously just like great figures in the Star Wars uh, community. Uh, not action figures, human figures, but there should be action figures of them. Uh, and they are also great friends. So it's really fun to feel like, yeah, we're, we're doing a panel where we're, you know, they usually record it and we're broadcasting, but also just we're nerding out with our friends and that's really fun. It is, it is. And we mentioned this also on the live show, a bit of a advice if you're going to this, uh, planning on head, uh, heading to this panel uh give yourself some time i don't know exactly what the line situation will be but it will be uh, a lot of folks there'll be a lot of folks trying to get in uh, alex and molly, molly have uh, you know just a, a wide um, uh, a, a wide range of fans who want to see them and uh some of you will want to see us as well but uh, we do recommend getting there 
early. I think our, our listener, our pal, Brian Tiller, was like the last allowed in the room at Anaheim. He had the last <laughs> open seat and he, uh, he was so uh, talking to him after he was happy to, to experience that, but he almost missed it because he just underestimated the wait time to get in. So I don't know exactly the number of the panel rooms mm-hmm. here. It, it changes from convention to convention. It's on the Holonet news stage, I should add. And uh, just look for, uh, we'll tweet out all the good stuff, but I just want to make sure people understand you might miss it if you show up a little bit later. Yep. Our big show on Sunday night, Joseph, we want to touch base on It Is Sold Out, the Harrison Pub, uh, Sunday, April 9th, 7.30 doors, 8 p.m. This is the return of comedy. That's right. Return of the comedy. Joseph and Ken, that's me. We'll be performing some actual stand-up comedy. Well, sets. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Star Wars is going to be in there, but we're going to be doing one of our other loves, which is performing and entertaining. We'll have some fun before and after the sets, but looking forward to that, Joseph. And, and uh, we will have an update if there are any room, uh, any seats open up, uh, correct? Yeah, so uh, we, we got a couple of questions uh, on Twitter from people wondering if there's any chance uh, to get tickets yet. And uh, the only opportunity that there will be for tickets is if any open up uh, between now and uh, the show on Sunday, April 9th. So we will tweet from the Force Center account the day of the comedy show if any tickets open up. Other than that, uh, it, it is uh, unfortunately all full. Um, we really, really feel extremely lucky um, that it sold out and then it sold out uh, so quickly. And we're really gratified to know that people want to come see uh, the stand-up. Uh, so if we, if we do it again, we will try to uh, have more room uh, for sure. Uh, we're so excited to to share the stage we're both gonna be doing some comedy sets and we'll have some other comedy business that will be star wars related so i'm ton of fun i have done so many shows ken in american basements and i cannot wait to do a comedy show (laughs) in an english basement i'm excited i'm excited uh yeah the harrison pub this year o2 arena next time all right we'll set a goal we'll set a goal there's gotta Um, be something in between 60 and thousands you know that's fair. That's fair. Hyde Park. There we go. Uh, so it just, uh, you know, afterwards, after the show, we're going to make sure we try to wrap it up in time so that uh, we can hang out in the pub or anywhere around. We get a lot of questions about meetups. Uh, Joseph, we'll say uh, an official Force Center meetup is a TBD. We have plans to do one. Uh, we're looking for possibly something there on that Saturday after the panel. But uh, that's a follow us on Twitter so we can get a lay of the land and find the best place to meet people. Yeah, yeah, we we think probably after the Star Wars Explained panel, but we will get we'll tweet that out. Uh, yeah, once we can scope out where can a big chunk of people meet and and stand around and chat without uh, disrupting the flow of the convention. <laughs> let's I'll tell you what. Here's what we do. Let's let's get on a let's get on the tube, and we'll just tweet out which stop, and you try to catch <laughs> us between that stop and another stop. It's a game. We're game. Uh, that's a, a great way to see London. <laughs> there you go. Uh, as we wrap up uh, the discussion on Star Wars Celebration, uh, Joseph, any general excitements, hopes, uh, tips out there? Uh, you've, you are a convention veteran going back mm. uh, many, many years to many, many kinds of conventions, including cruise ship conventions, I might <laughs> add, there as well. That's that's a special breed. Uh, any, any thoughts on uh, as this as we close it up and, and get on out there? Yeah. Um, well, just one bit of business that, uh, that I feel like we should mention. Uh, we mm. put out on on Twitter and Facebook and we posted on Patreon a breakdown of our schedule for the next coming coming weeks, including uh, some live shows, uh, not live shows, but we were going to record in London. We'll be live. Um, <laughs> so that's why they're live shows. Uh, but we'll be recording some episodes from London. Uh, we're both traveling after Star Wars celebrations. We'll be a little late on 
the Mandalorian report for chapter 23 of the show. We'll also try to do some YouTube shorts as well. So we really want to be aware of we're lucky to be able to see fans in London who can be there. But man, it, it's not easy to be there. Uh, and we so appreciate everyone's support that we want to do as much as we can to share the experience with people who are enjoying CouchCon at home because it is a time for Star Wars celebration for all Star Wars fans, even if you're not physically at celebration. So we want to do what we can uh, to, to put that spirit out onto the internet. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Well said, and yeah, a lot going to happen. Uh, but we'll try to we'll try to take you there uh, for those that can't. And by the way, if you're if you're out there and you're kind of bombed and you got the old FOMO that you can't be there and seeing too much of this stuff will make it worse, don't be afraid to unplug. Mm. Don't be afraid. Oh, yeah. I had a conversation with a couple folks uh, who were like, I just it kind of really hurts that I can't be there, and I want everyone to have fun. So I'm just going to step aside and I'll return. Don't be afraid of that, too. CouchCon's a real thing. You get to enjoy all the news. You won't miss anything in terms of news and what's to talk about. But if seeing if seeing the, the if Instagram FOMO is real for you, uh, don't don't be afraid to take care of yourself in that regard and, and uh, check back in after as well. But uh, if for those that uh, love it and love seeing it, we're going to get as much out there as we can. Yeah, that's I'm really glad that you said that, Ken, um, because I think that is that is real. And there's nothing wrong with uh, with taking a step back. And, yeah, it's fun to be in the in the panels and have those experiences but you know if hey if they announce obi-wan season two you know the show's going to come out and we're all going to enjoy it (laughs) it's not like they're uh, only you in the room are going to be able to see the the second season of obi-wan kenobi you know when it comes out it's for everybody always um so yeah general uh, excitements hopes and tips the excitement is for, for everything from the news to the action figures to the scene people and just getting to be in this warm bubble of mm-hmm. celebration uh tips uh these are ones that i have to tell myself <laughs> mm-hmm. uh drink water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh enjoy the vibe enjoy the celebration we're talking about fomo from couchcon there can be fomo from the convention because there's so much more than you can do before we started uh, broadcasting ken and i went over uh, our schedule to make sure that we still had some elbow room to just wander around <laughs> and yeah. enjoy so i think the main point of celebration is to celebrate so if yeah. you go in there spend some time and just go to the panels that you care about don't worry about the ones that you can't get in or you're missing it, play a fun game and, and dream up the weirdest star Wars cosplay that you can imagine. And then see if you see it like, yeah, have fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's great advice for those who are there, especially those attending for the first time, pace yourself, all that kind of stuff. But I, I suffer, I suffer from life where if I'm locked in one spot for five minutes, I wonder what I'm missing on the other spot. And, and, and I, I got to make sure to know that the celebrations where you're at, right where your feet are mm-hmm. is what you're experiencing. And, and that's easy to, uh, it's easy to get overwhelmed. There's a lot of sights and sounds. So wonderful folks. Those are going to be the memories. And I, I want to say this too. Uh, we, we are always blessed. A lot of people do, do stop and chat us. Uh, please do that. Please say hi. Um, don't be shy to say, Hey, I'm so-and-so, you know, me as this uh, in comments or discord. Um, we know a lot of you. We know a lot of you by, by name. Um, sometimes it might, even if I, you think uh, you might know me by face. I, I was having a conversation with, I mentioned Brian Tiller. I was chatting with him and a, a wonderful cat named uh, Jonas Berggren, a uh, listener as well. And, and it was about three minutes in when they both said, hey, but it's it's us, Brian and Jonas. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, there's a lot going on for us, a lot going on for you. But uh, that's the best way for us to immediately just connect. Hey, um, hey nice to meet you. I'm so-and-so. And, and uh, it, it'll just uh, make the experience 
for all of us uh, run smooth and be fun and, and, and less awkward for me when I'm like, oh, I, I DM you all the time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so there you go. I, that's, that is a very good one. It's a weird one. I just, I, as I've, uh, yeah, it's a weird one for me. It's just like, uh, I feel so, I feel, I feel just dumb and stupid that I've let you all down. If I'm, you're like, I'm starburst 92. And I'm like, oh, gotcha. You've been saying <laughs> Phil right now for the last hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're starburst 92. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, there we go. All right. That is our look at Star Wars Celebration 2023. Uh, cannot wait. We'll be there shortly. Pulling the suitcases out of the storage shed after this episode. So uh, we are going to, as always, take a look at the Star Wars history. This week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past. And on April 7th, 1976, Variety magazine reported that a relatively unknown actor named Mark Hamill was cast in the role of Luke Starkiller for the upcoming space opera Star Wars. Looking back at this momentous decision, Joseph, what are some of the things we love most about this casting and Mark's continued involvement in Star Wars? Continue, despite even any thoughts on certain roles or movies. Um, and what are some of our favorite acting moments from him as Luke or anything uh, other, uh, any other characters in Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, I think the the casting is uh, double fold. There's his actual abilities as an actor and what he brings to the screen. There's also just this great legacy of him truly being a fan of fantasy and science fiction and just truly kind of being as a person a fan right if you follow mark mm-hmm. hamill on social media like he, the the way he interacts with you know the kids in the hall <laughs> yeah because yeah. he's a fan i think it was really really powerful to have lots of different perspectives you know i love some of these early pictures of you know mark hamill at san diego comic-con 1976 being the one who like i kind of get this <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and i get I, my people are the people who are going to like this film, you know, uh, there's something just really, really beautiful about that, you know, combined with the different perspectives of, of Alec Guinness and Harrison Ford and, and, you know, Hollywood royalty, Carrie Fisher, like they have, you know, ha- have Luke Skywalker be, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, a, a bit all in, you know, uh, it, it's such a great energy to the character. And then uh, acting wise, performance wise, um, the, the earnestness of the character, the true goodness of the character. I think he, the reason that so many of us can watch a a new hope star Wars when it came out and connect with the character of Luke and feel represented by him in lots of ways, because he is the perfect. I know there's something bigger and I'm anxious to get out there and be a part of it. And now that I am, I'm, I'm excited about it. And maybe even making bad choices and mm-hmm. wrestling with impatience and like, everything that he is, is feeling as he, as he goes through the original trilogy is extremely relatable to the human experience. And I, I think there's something about his performance. I can knock out individual moments that I love, but there's something about his performance that is just so raw and believable that really draws me in starting with that, that absolute earnestness and I don't understand the world, but I'm ready to jump into it. Both feet is <laughs> so thrilling. And then in the, the whole grand scheme of Luke Skywalker's story to be like, yeah, that's what youth is to be excited, to jump in there, to not know what you're doing and to figure it out. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the absolute hubris of uh, I'm ready for anything. <laughs> he walks into the canteen like, Turns out I can't even order a drink without uh, an, an attempted murder. Uh, I, I was not ready for that. Like, 
oh, who among us is not uh, like Luke Skywalker walking into the cantina? And you gotta be, you know? Yeah. Ah, no, uh, absolutely well said. Uh, it goes beyond the moments for me as well. There's little things along the way. I mean, I, I, I never want to overlook that, uh, you know, he acted opposite, uh, uh, you know, Frank Oz with a, with a, you know, rubber puppet on him <laughs> and, and he, and he yeah. just sold. made so much, yeah, sold it, made so much of it. And, and there's all those moments, um, you know, obviously I love Bulio and win the war and Dabuske's burps have uh, a, a commitment, um, that's all there, but you really touched on what I love is, is the spirit, the energy. Um, a lot of times it's, you know, that naive farm boy appeal of new hope, but really to me, it's just uh, wanting to find your place, knowing the place and wanting to find your group and finding your people. And I think Mark Hamill's always had that energy and you're so right. And for many years, when others weren't engaged with Star Wars, when others maybe it just seemed like they had their backs turned on it or, or just had a different relationship with it. I think Mark Hamill's always there. I remember his appearance on The Simpsons uh, as Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker was kind of a, a, about that, kind of him being being the guy. And um, I just remember when, when Force Awakens kind of was emerging and the and the sale happened and he was there. And, and even though, yes, we know it turns out he, he wasn't in Force Awakens that long. Um, the love that um, he got to experience, the love that all of them, I'm really happy Carrie got to experience that at the end, uh, unfortunately the end for her. But um, that um, there was a little bit of, uh, for Mark specifically, this like, yeah, he deserved this kind of love because he was there holding the flame when others weren't. And that's something I've always kind of thought. So uh, it all works. And and part of the Star Wars spirit, too, of uh, when you're casting, look, uh, cast a wide net and see who who, uh, who you wouldn't normally think would get these roles. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, and, I, and I do want more of that. I want some more uh, unknowns. I know we're, we're in the in an era where we would like to put, uh, you know, the chips on our favorite actors and, and hope for good things for them. But man. Love to see all of the Mark Hamels of the world be uh, discovered and yeah. brought into into Star Wars. Uh, discovered, a complicated word, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, what, for his performance, you know, I love the I Care <laughs> and A New Hope. Um, almost every single moment uh, with him in in Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, the 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 I'm ready, <laughs> man. I, I can be ready. Tell him I'm like the fear of Yoda that, you know, Yoda's super, you will be is scary. Uh, well done by Frank Oz, but it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, Hamill's, uh, response to Yoda that sells everything. Um, I'm sorry. His, I'm sorry. in in return of the Jedi is huge for me. Uh, mm-hmm. when Yoda says, Oh, it's too bad that you, you know, unfortunately you rushed, rushed off of your writing. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Just the weight of it, man. The mm-hmm. times in my life that I've had to be sorry for something, I've ba- basically been um, <laughs> channeling Luke Skywalker. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to also shout out, because still I don't think enough people have seen it, a really bizarre, beautiful film that Mark Hamill's in, uh, Brigsby Bear. If you mm-hmm. haven't checked out Brigsby Bear, oh, it, it's it's a film about being a fan. Um, and, and Mark Hamill plays a fun and surprising role in it. So check out Brigsby Bear. Uh, yeah, which I still haven't as well. And it's, it's Kyle Mooney who enjoys work. Mm-hmm. So I'll get there as well. I'll get there as well. Well, that is our look at Luke Skywalker starting his Star Wars adventure and Mark Hamill's casting. Uh, we love doing these history segments. It's a fun way to look at different parts of Star Wars. We are almost out of here. Uh, literally almost out of here. Bags almost getting ready to be packed. Uh, all those kind of things in uh 
in our uh, next few hours and days here as we head towards London. We'll see you all there. Uh, to get all the updated information, find out where we are, all those things, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, we're on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. Instagram is a good spot for reels and all those kind of things. Follow us there at Force Center Pod and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. I'll try to get as much out as we can. And sometimes I just forget because I'm in the moment and a short doesn't get made or get posted. That's going to be okay. <laughs> uh, podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. And from there, get into the Discord. Uh, follow me at Cadnapsock or go to Cadnapsock.com for more information. Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Mastodon, at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my YouTube page for some stand-up comedy, some short films. Go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, this episode is coming out uh, Tuesday, April 4th. If you happen to live in uh, Wisconsin, there is a very important uh, Supreme Court uh, election. So I'd encourage people to use their power and vote. Good idea indeed. All right, that is it for now. We'll see you in London after the Mandalorian Report as well. See you soon, friends. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.